Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am super excited about today's show. I'll be joined by Andy Crestadina, and we'll explore Google Analytics for marketers. And trust me, we're going to get into some awesome ninja tricks in this one. If you want to reach me, email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Let's now transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? This week, I found something really cool for the users of Amazon's Alexa and for those of us who aren't, who want to play around with it. What's it called? It's called Reverb for Amazon Alexa. And what's cool is it is an interface for Alexa by Amazon that you can use on Mac OS, iOS, and Android devices. And it truly does connect to the legitimate Amazon Alexa with all those benefits. Okay, so w- w- explain what what it does just for those of us that aren't Alexa users. Yes. Yeah, so I I and here's the thing. I am not and have not been although now playing with it, I see that it's much better than Siri in my opinion, and that's exactly what it is. It, it is that artificial intelligence ask it a question and it gives you a response type of AI and it can connect to all, you know, different things that are home stuff uh, like turning lights on and different things like that. But even in, even in its just simplest of terms, you can ask it for weather reports or traffic, or it can tell you like, hey, when does daylight saving time happen in the fall or the spring? And it, it knows these things. So is it just kind of an app that has a button and you push it and you talk to it and then it, re- it returns yeah. back the information? Yeah, that's literally, that's exactly it. And again, for for people who are already familiar with this, this now gives you that ability to be a little bit less tethered to the the Echo or the Dot Amazon devices that Alexa is usually housed within. And say, say I have a Dot and it's in my office, but I'm not in my office. Well, I can still pull my phone out, open Reverb, and say to Alexa... Oh, I should be careful about saying that out loud. People are going to be playing this. Anyway, it, it, that's what happens often yeah. when, when we'll, you say we'll that. We'll just anyway. say to A-L-E-X-A. <laughs> yes. To say to A-L-E-X-A, uh, add this appointment to my calendar, and it'll have access to my calendar, and it'll add it to that, or it'll say, you know, remind me when I get home to do this. Oh. Uh, so It's all and, the benefits and, of the of the Echo and so on and so forth without actually having the hardware. Is that correct? That's exactly it. So... And it works on mobile devices and on desktops? 
Yes. So on desktop, the only option right now is Mac OS, but on mobile and tablets, it's iOS and Android. Awesome. Where do we find this thing? Uh, it's really easy to find. You just go to reverb.ai. Awesome. Thank you so much for that find, Eric. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's head over to this week's interview with Andy Crestadina. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. This week, I'm excited to be joined by Andy Crestadina. If you don't know who Andy is, he's the author of Content Chemistry and the co-founder of Orbit Media. Andy specializes in content marketing and Google Analytics. Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Michael. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, I think it's your third time. So yeah, I know. Yeah, what a know, I love bringing experts back. So today, Andy and I are going to go deep on how to analyze the behavior of your website visitors, and we'll explore a bunch of cool little ninja tricks that you can go ahead and put to work. And you can listen to this now while you're out and about. You can come back and listen to it a second time when you're in front of your Google Analytics. We'll do our best to try to convey this in such a way that it'll make sense no matter what situation you're in right now while you're listening. So, um, Andy, um, why don't you just at a macro level talk about the different categories inside of Google Analytics before we zoom in on the behavior category? Mm-hmm, sure. It was recently tightened up, not reorganized, but sort of rearranged a little bit on the left side column where we navigate around and inside analytics. And customization is now a general category where, they, where you find your dashboards and your shortcuts, which we could talk about later, the things that you build specifically for you. But the main reports are now listed out there as five groups. Real-time, which is people in you know on your website at this moment. Audience, who's coming. Acquisition, where they came from. Behavior, what they did. And then conversions, who took which successful, profitable action. So it's really organized like alphabetically almost, you know, A, A, B, C. And kind of also from the top of the funnel down to the bottom of the funnel. Acquisition, behavior, conversion. Awesome. So we're going to zoom in on the behavior category because there's so much here. Um, first of all, why why the behavior category? Why should we as marketers uh, care about that? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of people who spend a lot of time in these reports because it's the behavior category that has your pages. All the URLs on your website, all the pages for which Google Analytics JavaScript is there and when the JavaScript fires analytics and you know sees that something happened. So it's the what they did part of analytics. It's 
they're flowing through the website, it's where they go. It's the the how much time they spent on pages, uh, what the bounce rate was, what percentage of people left after seeing just one page, uh, the number of pages per visit that they saw. So it's really the uh, the core, right? If you were to strip it down to just a couple of reports, you would definitely include at least one of these reports from the behavior section. For those of you that aren't uh, analytics geeks, just imagine you owned a local restaurant and you could track every customer that came into the restaurant, um, where they walked, whether they went to the bar first, if they went to the restroom, how many times, whether they stuck around because the wait was too long, and all these kind of metrics. If you could do that with every single customer, and then you could look at it on this day and compare this day to the same day last year, that's the kind of stuff we're really talking about here, aren't we, Andy, with the people that visit your website? Yeah, and amazingly, it's not intuitive for a lot of people that that's really what's happening. It's a great metaphor, and I love that you put that out there because you would know if you were in the restaurant that there's a ton of people waiting in line at your bar, or you would know that uh, the you know the bathroom door is locked, you know something something like this because you would see people yeah. flowing around. Yeah, or but, if they're not even making it past the lobby, right? Yeah, no one's going in there. Everyone's going this way. You know, there's uh, no one sits in the front. Everyone sits in the back. And what you find through behavior reports is often surprising because even though sites are built with this intent of visitors to use the navigation in certain ways and go certain places, uh, until you look at your behavior flow and your behavior reports, it's only then that you find out really what your site means to the rest of the world, uh, how people are moving through it. And uh, it's very common to find surprises. Awesome. Well, um, let's dig in. We're going to dig into, for the, pretty much the remainder of this interview, we're going to dig into a bunch of the Andy and I had pre, pre-decided a bunch of different things in the behavior category that we're going to be talking about. So um, one, of the, one of the first things you'll see when you go into Google Analytics beyond the overview section, which kind of includes m- much of what Andy already mentioned, is something called behavior flow. Why don't you explain what the heck behavior flow is? And let's just start with defining what it is and then how we can make sense of it. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting and for some people kind of a confusing report because it mashes up data from lots of other reports. What it does is it draws almost like an infographic where people are moving as they travel, as they navigate from page to page on your website. So the behavior flow report shows how many people came to each page and from there went to which page or left the site. And from those pages went to which page or left the site. Literally from, as one column, starting pages, the next column, first interaction, the next column, second interaction. So what it does is it's almost like uh, like showing you, if you were that restaurant, where exactly the major flows are through your website, what the most popular path is through your website. So it's amazing information. It is critically important. Because, why, why is that important? Yeah, go ahead. Why is that important? Well, let's say that you are going to spend 10 minutes working on your website this week because that's all the time you have because you're busy. Which of your pages is most deserving of this 10 minutes of effort? The answer is it's the pages that get visited most often. It's the pages on the top flow. So we have to prioritize because there's you know lots of sites of maybe dozens or hundreds or thousands of pages. But there's always a small, small percentage of those pages that get most of the traction and most of the traffic. So it's a way to prioritize your actions. Let's say you get a great piece of content. Let's say you've got a beautiful testimonial or you've got a very compelling visual. Where should you put it? 
if your website was a city, there'd be a highway flowing through it. If you know where that highway is, you know where to put your billboards. Put billboards on highways, not on little back streets. So it's the behavior flow when you first begin to realize this is the most common path. And if you don't know the most common path through your website, it can be very difficult to prioritize the changes and improvements that you make to it going forward. Okay, I'm going to try to verbally describe what I'm looking at right here because I'm in the behavior flow section and I see I see a couple of different columns. The first column says landing page um, and it shows a bunch of um, um, kind of shapes, if you will, that are like thin rectangles with numbers mm-hmm. next to them. And mm-hmm. then on, on the next column, it says starting pages. So let's just, what's the difference between a landing page and a starting page? Mm-hmm. Landing page is actually gives you an opportunity to choose different things for that first column. The landing page is there by default. I see. But let's just say we're social media marketers. Let's just look at this from the point of view of social media. People who come from social media tend to have which flow, which top path through this website. So that little drop down where it said landing page, click on that and then you can choose, for example, anything from any other report, acquisition. Social network is even one of them. Medium, right, social network. Yeah. So if you want to, just type it into that box. Type in the word Facebook and it may find that social network or type in Medium and choose all of your social your social traffic. And you can see people who come from which source are more or less likely to take which path. Interesting. Okay. So um, and then what? So what is the starting page then exactly? Is mm-hmm. this just grouping the top pages together kind of or what is this mm-hmm. exactly? Yeah, it's a little bit tricky because it only gives you the top ones, right? So if you want to do analysis on a specific page, you're not going to get that here. And as we go through other reports inside the behavior section, we may uh, get to that and I can show you how to tell where people are going from any specific page. But the starting page is just the top pages and each page is a a, uh, green box. These are URLs, of course, uh, specific pages for which the Google Analytics JavaScript is there. And then next to the green box, there's a red line and an arrow going down. That shows you the percentage of people who left from there. Mm. And if you hover over it, it'll show you. So I'm looking at a, a super popular page for which, uh, you know, X thousand people leave immediately after seeing that page. They, maybe they met their goals and moved on. But other people who didn't went which direction? There's a little gray line that connects this to other pages in the next column. And it's following those gray lines that you can see the flow from this URL to that URL to that URL, where almost at a glance, you can sort of spot that highway flowing through your city of a website. Interesting. Like I I was able to click in on one of these categories, which was uh, how to use Instagram Live. It had 49,000 people and and it gave me an option that said, show just that flow. And -hmm. that was kind of cool. And I don't know if I'm getting ahead of you or not, but what it showed me was it showed me of the 49,000 people, it said, you know, 48,000 of them dropped off, which I'm assuming means only a thousand of them stuck, stuck around. Mm-hmm. And then it shows the first interaction and it shows all the different pages they went to. Like, um, and then it shows me a second interaction, like, uh, how many of them went to the second page. So is this kind of, is the idea here, like if you had a blog post that brought in a lot of traffic from mm-hmm. Google, for example, and they just came and they went and they never bothered to go anywhere else, could you kind of assess them from here? Mm-hmm, you could. The problem with this report is that it's only going to be easy to find if it's one of those top pages on your site. I see. In a minute, when we get to site content reports, we'll be able to find that specific post and look at that for any report. But from here, it's kind of be- kind of beautiful. It's very visual. And you did exactly the right thing. When you click on one of these green boxes, each of which is a page, you get the option to 
uh, highlight, it says highlight traffic through here. Uh, the report can be a little buggy. It's an amazing feat of engineering that this thing even works. Uh, <laughs> but when you highlight traffic through one of these URLs, it, it shows you just that URL, people who flowed through that page. So I can see, you know, people who go to this article about website best practices, they tend to go back to the main, the blog main page. And from there, some percentage go to the website's homepage. It's interesting to track them. That's literally the, the flow of the behavior. It's, um, Very probably cool. the prettiest, the prettiest chart in analytics. Cool. So, um, is there anything else we want to talk about about behavior flow we t before we, we move into the next category here? No, I wouldn't spend a ton of time here as an analyst. Okay. Just get a good sense for the main, the main uh, major flows, major paths through the site. Okay, so site content is the next one that we want to talk about. Um, what do, first of all, uh, under site content is something called exit pages. And maybe we should zoom in right there unless there's somewhere else you want to take mm -hmm. us first under this category. Well, we could segue into that that uh, specific post you mentioned. The all pages report is really maybe one of the two or three most important reports in Google Analytics. And it's under site content, we should be clear. Mm -hmm. Behavior, everything we're doing is in behavior. Site content, if this was breadcrumb trailer, and then all pages. Behavior, site content, all pages. You'll find it right there. Okay. So this is the list of every URL on your website, of every page on your website. So now you're going to be able to see 10 at a time. You can paginate, click next, next, next. Or there's a little drop-down in the bottom right where you can just choose to see more than 10 at a time. I'm going to switch mine to 100 and scroll through and find that popular blog post you were wondering, even if it wasn't one of your top pages and didn't appear in your, user, in your behavior flow report. So once you click on the page here and you found it, you find it, it's the list of pages in the left side column. Click on the page. And then... A lot of people miss this, but it's really powerful. I'm looking at a specific blog post. This one's called Ways to Improve Your Website. Above the trend line, which is the shows the traffic over time, there's a little tab that says Navigation Summary. Mike, you'll love this. When you click on Navigation Summary, it shows you... Oh, yeah, just to be clear, by the way, because it's kind of hard to find. So um, mm -hmm. when you guys are in your Google Analytics, you're going to see what looks like a, 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 you know, a bunch of mountains, right, if you will, some traffic. <laughs> yeah. and, and right above that is a tab that says Explorer, which you're probably default in, and then there's this blue Navigation Summary, and it's about an inch above that. So if we click on Navigation Summary, what, what happens? I've, mm -hmm. never, I've never heard of this. This is beautiful. This... This is insanely powerful because you can see where people came from to get to any page on your site wow. and where they went to next. Wow. So it doesn't have to be in the user in the behavior flow report. You can just come here and find any page on your site and see they went from here to where. Now there's two exceptions. It shows you when they flow from one of your pages to another of your pages, but also it we people may have started here in which case it's going to show you the entrance percentage on the page I'm looking at 84% of people start uh, who come to this page start their visit here and then it shows you where they went if they went somewhere or if they exited I can see what percentage of people hmm. left after seeing this page so that little um, icon in the center of that it shows a little page looking icon um, this shows you to the left are all the sources of traffic as if you know they were on their way to this page and everything to the right of that icon is where they went next very cool and just to give people kind of a, a verbal picture if you will um, 
if you look at any page on your website, probably your homepage would be a great place to start. It's only going to show you, it looks like the pages on your website, not out off your website in this particular case, right? So it's showing like if they came from, like in my case, it looks like the, on this particular blog post, I can see all the other blog posts that they came to it from. And then I can also see what, how many people and what percentages went to another page on the site, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so now you can begin to imagine what the analysis might be like from here. You know, it's all on the site, but you can go to your homepage and see which of the items in your main navigation are clicked the most, which of the items in your main navigation are clicked the least, and get ideas about how to optimize your visitor's experience. Well, it's funny. We use uh, we use some sort of plugin that has related stories at the bottom of our posts. And mm -hmm. for example, I'm looking at one right now that's about how to use Instagram Live, and I can see that one of the biggest sources was how was um, five ways to use Instagram stories for business. So mm -hmm. it's interesting that these people that are interested in Instagram are finding somehow because of this plugin I have on my website, mm -hmm. um, they're finding other posts. And even the people that start on this page are end up going to other Instagram posts. So that's, mm -hmm. that's probably some interesting insight that would either allow me to put some more cross links, right? Or references mm -hmm. for further reading inside the blog itself, just because now I've discovered insight that these people that are visiting this page are very interested in other stories on Instagram. Oh, it's perfect. That's half, that's half the battle. What's working? Uh, this is analysis. So half the battle is to look at, a, look at something and say, ah, this is working. Can I make it work even better? Or the other half of the battle or other type of analysis would be, this isn't working. Can I either improve it or just remove it? Right. So let's say you've got big buttons on your site. You've got a giant orange call to action. Is anyone clicking on it? If no, maybe it should be changed. Maybe we should add white space around it. Maybe we should change the button text to indicate a benefit. Or maybe we should just try a different call to action. Or maybe if we just – here's a super powerful trick again. Everything that you remove from your page makes everything that's left more visually prominent. If you have something that's very visually loud that no one's clicking on and you can tell from your navigation summary, then consider just taking it off the page. You just cleaned up your site and made everything that's left, you know, easier for the visitor to find. Well, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm talking blog posts, but if I think about like the sales page for some of our events that have many different pages on it, mm -hmm. how awesome would it be for me to discover what's sourcing from the site into that sales page and whether... Mm -hmm people are taking the logical next action that I would hope they would. Like for example, mm -hmm. with our conference, I would hope that they'd go to the agenda page next, but if they're going right to the, right to the pricing page first, it mm -hmm. might show me that maybe they care more about that data, you know, mm -hmm. or maybe they need that data up front. So that's the kind of stuff that I could learn from looking at this kind of data. Yeah. You could move. It, it, it gives you clues into what information people need in what order you can kind of almost see like back button behavior. People who come to this page right. go back to the previous page. Maybe I should be. Maybe they didn't find all their the answers to all their questions here. So it's a it's insights that you can use to change the labels in your navigation, uh, add or remove elements, uh, change calls to action, front load content earlier in a sales process. Um, just get better control and do a better job of guiding visitors, gently taking them by the hand and moving them through the website, giving them everything they want, but also a little bit of what you want. Cool. So we're still in the behavior category under site content, and we're wrapping up the all pages. Um, is there anything else you want to say about all pages before we move to uh, another category under behavior here? 
I think we touched on something really important. I'm, I'm, uh, we've got a lot of other great, great reports here to mention, but uh, that's a good one, and I hope people um, check that out. Navigation summaries are quite useful. Cool. What about the exit page? What, what, what is that? Why does that matter? Let's talk about that because that's also under this site content subcategory under behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is really relevant to social media marketers because a lot of social media marketers are purposely, in many cases, sending traffic to a social network to meet goals in you know and and uh, uh, get engagement in other places. Uh, a lot of social media marketers are blogging and which and quite naturally linking off to other websites and other resources and content and friends and partners and allies. So it's from this report and. You will maybe get ideas just by clicking and looking at the default setting here of just all your exit pages sorted by which pages are sending are the top exits. You will see the last page of that person's visit hmm. sorted in order by the most popular exit pages to the, to the least. So um, the insights may jump out at you. It may take almost nothing to do analysis here. One thing that I see is... Mostly these are blog posts, right, where people have met their goals and moved on, and that's fine, successful visit for them, and I'm, I have no problem with that. But it's the roundups of tools that, that when I look at this, like sometimes I write a thing, it's like, oh, the, the, the 10 best tools for doing X. Yeah. Go ahead and, 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 and you know, uh, make great content on those topics, but keep in mind, nobody's going to be sticking around on these pages. You just Yeah, because just, the whole know. point is you're sending them away to check out the tools, right? <laughs> exactly. Happens all the time. So, uh, so yeah, keep that in mind. And this is something that you could you could look at um, to see from where you are encouraging people to leave. And and uh, to your original metaphor there, if this was a restaurant, you know, I wouldn't really purposely design it so that there are huge exit signs as soon as you walk in. You know, this is one of the reasons why um, we sometimes recommend putting big, you know, candy-colored social media icons in your website's header. Uh, you're not really necessarily trying to send everybody away to another another website or even a social network. Uh, so anytime that you do link away, this report will just remind you to do so with a little bit of deliberation and, and intent and um, uh, being mindful about uh, how you're keeping or possibly encouraging to, um, uh, exits from your visitors. All right. So I noticed that uh, number three on my list is my homepage and a couple things are going through my mind. Like if you start, I know that most people probably don't come in from the homepage. I guess I should probably double check that. Do I need mm-hmm. to look at somewhere else to figure out where they're mostly coming in from just out of curiosity? Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the report directly above exit pages. It's called landing pages. Okay. So this is intriguing. So if my homepage is one of the top three, mm-hmm. Does that is that a problem? Could it just mean they're starting at the blog post and then they're going to the homepage to see if there's anything else of value? I'm just curious. What's your reaction, um, or would you need to know the numbers? No, it's it's common, and, and there are a few things in analytics that would alarm me, uh, especially for a mature brand or, or publishing platform like yours. So it's just about understanding what is the intent of these visitors. Did they meet their goals, and uh, are we also ex- just extracting some benefit from them while they are there? So it's not strange that the homepage is a top exit page because your site's kind of a magazine. It's like a newspaper. I can come there, I can scan the headlines, I can have a short visit. Maybe I'm on a mobile device. I'm on a you know. There's there's lots of reasons why I might look through it even daily, which you'd love me to do, right? Enter, right. review, possibly exit. But for other people and for more sales driven 
websites and maybe even e-commerce sites or, or sites that are um, trying to, you know, like a lead, a regular lead gen site, then uh, it could be a bigger issue where a homepage entrance, you, the design might be such that it's sending people away quickly through, like I mentioned, like big social icons, which is where, and you and I um, have both done this, there are ways to set up Google Analytics to track not just from where people leave, which of your pages is a top exit page, but where people went. And it's a fancier way to set things up, and we do it using a tool called Google Tag Manager. Let's talk about that in one sec, but I want to bring mm-hmm. up an important distinction here because as you're talking, I'm noticing that under landing pages, the metric that it defaults to is sessions. Mm-hmm. And you're, you have the choice to choose, obviously, all sorts of different things, not just sessions, right? Like you could mm-hmm. probably choose, I don't know, uh, people, I don't know, but, but mm-hmm. under, but under exit pages, it doesn't tell you sessions. It just calls it exits. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between a session and an exit? Is it one and the same? Mm. No, they're different. So the, the labels inside analytics, ever since they've changed to this new version, universal analytics, uh, they don't call visit visitors, visitors anymore. They call them users and they don't call visits the visits anymore, they call them sessions. So just the vocabulary here, we have users who are who have sessions. We don't have visits and visitors anymore. It's all users and sessions. So all that means in the landing page report is that those are the number of visits. Those are the people who um, are coming to the site. Those are those are the actual visits. But landing but the landing page exit report, um, that all that is is showing the number of times that that was the last page for which there was so that would be that would be like the exit of a session wouldn't it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's the times that the sessions exited there but so slightly different but so mostly the same so getting back to what you said earlier you said that um one of the questions you might want to ask yourself is when they do leave and they go off the site where the heck Mm -hmm. do they go Mm -hmm. and you have a uh, a way, and I'm going to try to summarize it, and you can add to this a little bit. There is a way to know where the heck they're going, and it's with Google Tag Manager. Mm-hmm. And Google Tag Manager, why don't you just describe at a super high level what it is, and then mm-hmm. we can probably um, cross-link to a blog post that you've written on how to do this so people can kind of follow up uh, and, and, and look at your cool video and blog post you've done on this. Mm-hmm, sure. I think it's easiest if you just think of it as Google JavaScript and Pixel Manager because that's all these tags are. They're tracking codes. Uh, there are Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter pixels, and they are JavaScript tracking codes from tools like Google Analytics and uh, many, many others. So... All it is is a tool that instead of putting the Facebook pixel or the Google Analytics code on every page, you put it into the tag manager tool and that puts it on your pages for you. Yep. And then within tag manager, you have some cool features that you do not have within inside of Google Analytics, specifically regarding Google Analytics, right? Mm-hmm. And one of them is somehow the ability to track the... Um, the links or the clicks on your website mm-hmm. that take you off the website, right? And mm-hmm. that's that's where you were going with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is possible without Tag Manager. It's something called event tracking. So if someone ha- does something on the website that doesn't take them to another page, then Analytics doesn't really track that normally unless you add event tracking. 
So event tracking can be used to track things like someone clicks on a PDF file, which doesn't normally show up because PDF files don't have JavaScript, or someone clicks on a YouTube video, which doesn't normally show up because that doesn't take them to another page, or someone leaves your page, which doesn't normally show up because they're going to another site. So this event tracking is like the duct tape that that uh, you can use in analytics to catch all these non-page view type interactions. Now, normally it takes a programmer to go put event tracking code on each of these things, which is super annoying and expensive, and you have to wait for them to do it. So Google Tag Manager, what you and I did both was using, we used Google Tag Manager to make that possible without a programmer. Very cool. And if you remember during this interview what the title of that blog post is, um, if people that want to Google it and not go to the show notes, um, bring it up and we'll just be sure to mention it. But what's mm-hmm. really cool is, you know, like, like, um, uh, offline, Andy and I were talking, you know, if you think about your typical, uh, page, you might have links to your social profiles and you might have, uh, links to third party articles on other websites and, uh, tools and all that kind of fun stuff. And you might want to know exactly how much, um, how much traffic you're sending off to those places off your website. And that's where events can allow you to do that. And that's kind of powerful because you could reach out hypothetically to someone and say, Hey, I saw that I'm sending you a lot of traffic. Maybe we should figure <laughs> out a way to work together. Right. <laughs> that's right. It's uh, it, 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 you know, demand tribute. No, you know, I mean, but we make friends is a better way to put it. Yeah. Or just be, just be aware, just be aware that, uh, you know, there are your audience your is clicking on these things, right? You don't yeah, know otherwise. Yeah. You don't know otherwise, and you don't know if there's. And sometimes, uh, if you discover where, where the biggest opportunity is, is if inadvertently on a page where you're intending the visitor to convert in some way that really helps you, maybe become a lead or register for an event or sign up for the webinar, whatever it is, inadvertently you made something kind of compelling where quite a bit of these people who come to this page are clicking that. If you don't know, then you can't make better decisions. So uh, it's it's very handy to be able to track to see. If people from any page, if people left where they went. Okay, so um, let it, just interject if you found that blog post. Did you find it yet or no? I did, but the name is called "Track Every Exit Click Using Google Tag Manager in Ten Steps." Okay, I that's good. It, that's good. <laughs> we'll definitely we'll definitely have it in the show notes. Um, yeah. And um, if anybody wants to, they can rewind and Google search that. And I recommend watching the video that Andy has in there, which is how I did it, because it's super easy. He did a great job with that video. So um, just to summarize, so far, we've talked about how um, under the behavior category, there's all sorts of interesting solid gold in there. And one of the things we talked about was behavior flow, right? Which is like popular pages on your website. How are they getting there? And, mm-hmm. and where are they going? We spent some time talking about that. Um, we went under the site content section and uh, we took a look at the last page that people are on before they abandon or leave your website. And that can show insight into like whether or not that's shocking. Like you might have 10,000 people coming to a page and 9,999 leaving. That may not be very useful for you, right? So mm-hmm. looking at that data is important. While we were in there, we talked about landing pages, right? Which is where they're coming in from. And then we've talked about this cool thing called events, which is like the the, the not so easy to track stuff. Like how are mm-hmm. they clicking off your website? Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Any other tips or tricks that we haven't mentioned yet? Oh, there's so much good stuff in here. You can re- got, you can create reports too, right? So I don't know. Go 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 wherever you want to go. 
Yeah. Um, we didn't plan on touching on this, but I've got one that works for anyone who has a little search tool on their website. Oh. Uh, under this is the this is the section where you can see how people are interacting with the search tool on your website. Hmm. So under behavior site search, expand that category, and um, and there's a report in there called search terms. This is also gold because it will show you every phrase that people search for. As long as it's set up properly, it shows you every phrase that people search for when they use your search tool. Just this the instant that you pull this up you may realize, wow, people are looking for something that I don't have. Or, wow, people are looking for something that I thought was very easy to find. Or, uh, you know, this seems to be a very popular topic. Maybe I should include more of that in my content strategy. Mm. Uh, this search boxes are kind of like a crutch for bad navigation sometimes. But if nothing else, it's a listening tool. And you should, if, at very least, go search for everything that people are searching for on your site and just see what they're seeing. Now, um, Andy taught me something that I thought was the coolest ninja trick ever. And I went and I showed Lisa Jenkins, our head of editorial, and she was like, wow, that is super cool. And it's under the site content, all pages. And you know the one I'm talking about, Andy, um, mm. where you can do secondary dimensions and advanced filters and stuff. I think we've got to tell everybody about that. Yeah. So it's... Uh as soon as you learn this, you will be in to just get way more juice out of every squeeze because these reports are kind of one-dimensional until we add more data to them. So it works like this. I'm at the, all, the behavior site content all pages report, which is just a list of all my pages. Nothing, nothing fancy here. Uh, but what if I want to see more about these, these visits and maybe narrow down to where people came from? Right, what their source was, what medium, right? Were they social or email or search visitors? So that first column is what's called a primary dimension. Everything on the right, all those numbers are called metrics. Everything in analytics is either a dimension or a metric. Now, if I want to add another column with information from another report, in other words, if I want to add another dimension, a secondary dimension, above that first column, there's a little drop down. I click on that drop down, it says secondary dimension. And I'm just going to type in, it gives you options, but you can just type if you want. By the way, type, just, just to help people visualize this, imagine X and Y, and we're adding a Z, you know, mm -hmm. just to give people some perspective of dimension, right? You think about X and Y, we're adding a Z dimension, right? Which is, which is like a whole nother layer of data that's going to make this three-dimensional almost, except mm -hmm. it's not really three-dimensional, just so people can picture this in their brain. So we're clicking yeah. on the secondary dimension button, which we'll see right in the middle of the page under the graph. And then we see a search bar show up. So keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to use that metaphor. This is like another, it's literally like a third dimension. Yeah. So the first column, dimensions, we'll just call them these the first two columns. The first column is the pages, right? The second column I'm going to add is medium, because I want to, medium is the broadest origin of my visitors, source and medium. Source is a specific origin. Medium is the very broad origin. I want to find out social. I just want to look at this report. Just show me the social ones. So that drop down, I chose medium. Now there's a second column. It shows me medium. And the one I'm looking at here, it just shows they're all organic. Now what if I just want to see the social? Now hold on a second. Just to clarify on what medium is for people. Um, people may have heard of UTM parameters. And mm -hmm. UTM param parameters allow you to put source, medium, and I forget what the other thing is. 
What uh, is name. And name. name. So a lot of times medium are, can be things that you choose to add to your URLs to track things like the posts you put up on Facebook, for example. Um, do mediums, like if, if there's no, d- does Google somehow add a medium organically or is this something that had to have been added by the person who's in their Google mm. Analytics right now? Uh, these are the default. There are default mediums. And I see. Okay. You, and they are all visible in the acquisition reports as a report where you can see the sources and mediums. Okay, cool. So you can navigate there on the left. Okay, so we're looking at a page, both of us and maybe you two who are listening, and we see a bunch of pages, and then we probably see the word organic all over the place, which is what I see. Mm-hmm. Cause, yep. Because that's where most of our traffic comes from. So keep going. Mm-hmm. So what? What my, the question I'm trying to answer, and that's the best way to use analytics, I'm going to answer a question. The question I want to answer, answer is, which of these pages is viewed most often, but just from social? Mm. I want to basically going to segment this. There's other ways to do it. You could use a, a, a you know, a segment at the top, but I'm going to do it using a secondary dimension, which is my favorite way. It's just so so useful. So the first column, pages. The second column is now medium, but I don't want it to be organic. I want to just see social. Now I'm going to use a filter. The filter is over there. It's to the right of the secondary dimension dropdown. It's that box. It's just a search box, right? It's just this box where you can type in anything and it will filter for that, but only filter the first column, the primary dimension. So bear with us. We're almost there. I want to use an advanced filter because I want to filter for the second column, medium. So I only see social in the second column, medium. So that little link says advanced and you click on advanced and now you get to, uh, it, it gives you this little, you're like almost writing a sentence. Include, medium, containing. These are little options in here, little drop downs. But if you just read straight across as you create this little advanced filter, include medium containing, I'm gonna type in the word social. Click the apply button. And I just used an advanced filter because I wanted to filter a column other than the first column my secondary dimension, and now I am seeing it in black and white. This is all of my most popular pages as viewed by people who come from social media. And by the way, let's be clear. If you use uh, UTM parameters and you have a special medium you want to track, like a Facebook ad, Mm -hmm. you could do that too, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So sources are like Facebook, and the medium could be advertisement. You know, the source could be newsletter and the medium could be email. You can basically, and at a high level, just click around. There's no, you can't break it. You can add anything as a secondary dimension and then filter by just that using that little advanced filter. It was a total of maybe five clicks. Not very difficult. So just to summarize, um, when you go under uh, site content, all pages, um, and you choose to add what's called a secondary dimension, and it can be anything you want, but in this case, we're recommending you choose medium. You're going to get a list a mile long with all sorts of interesting data, but it might be overwhelming. So to narrow that down, you're going to do some advanced filtering by moving over to the right and hitting advanced and then putting in whatever that keyword is for the medium. It could be Facebook page, if that's one you've created. It could be social. It could be almost anything. And Mm -hmm. that provides a really cool kind of zoom in of all the pages rank ordered, right? That mm-hmm. that uh, by the highest first that came from whatever that parameter is, and it allows you kind of to get a really cool report that's not easy to get any other way. Am I summarizing that well? 
Beautifully. That was it. What do you do with all this? Because, you know, is there an easier way? Is there a way to save this? Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> perfect. Because it, that was kind of a headache, right? It, maybe it would take a couple tries to get it right. And now that I've got it all, this is the report that gave me the best insights. Anything that you did so far while listening or following along or anytime in your career as a social media marketer or analyst, you found that nugget, you found that report, you had the light bulb, you felt it, right? It was like, aha, there it is. Now, it might have been a fancy thing where you, you know, if I click away and come back, I have to do it all again. Create the secondary dimension, add the advanced filter. So the way to save all of those little things that we just did to customize this report, it's a single click at the top of the page, very top, the button that says shortcut. I just click the word shortcut. Okay. So just to be clear, that's kind of in the center left side of the page on the top. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I see add to dashboard and shortcut. So either one of those or do I just want shortcut? Well, add the dashboard will put this on a screen that has lots of different reports. I see. And they'll all be kind of small. They're like, they call them widgets. But shortcut, I sort of like because it's just this report. And when you click it, you give this, just this report a name. And I'm going to name this report, for example, top pages for social. And type that name in, then I click OK. And now we're back. Actually, we mentioned this at the very top. Under customization, there's my uh, there's a link that says shortcut. Now I'm in the top left of the Google Analytics navigation. All of these reports are tucked away now in a section called customization. From there, you can find shortcuts. And your shortcut will always be there for you. There's mine I just made, top pages for social, with exactly the configuration that you set up, with the filter you made, with the secondary dimension you made. It's just a quick way. You know, you're going to, you, you know, you know that meeting's coming up. You don't take a screenshot of it because that's frozen in time. You want to be able to bring this up anytime, play with the date range, show it to show it to friends. Uh, that's a way to save the little bits of uh, configuration you did on each report as you are navigating through. Just a couple of quick things in summary, folks. Um, as you are going back and re-listening to this in front of your computer, you you will begin to understand the power of this when you begin to mess around with the dates. This is where I. This is where the power really comes in when you compare like this week to last week or this month to the same month last year. And you begin to see the pattern changes. Like this is how you can begin to know whether or not, for example, the Facebook algorithm is hurting you or not, because um, you'll be able to do a lot of comparisons and stuff. And, you know, we have literally just scratched the surface of what's here. I often like to say that, I don't know if you can relate to this, Andy, but like, it's like flying an airplane. It really is, right? Like Google Analytics, we've not even scratched like 1% of the power of this thing. Would you agree? Yeah, I one time counted them. I think there's more than 100 reports if you expand every section on the left. Like, it's a lot of stuff in here. A lot of stuff. So um, first of all, I want to say thank you, Andy, so much for helping us to demystify some of these things that are here. I know that... (laughs) I know that I'm going to be a lot smarter about the decisions that I make because of what you've taught us today. Why don't you tell everybody where they can discover more about you, Andy, and all the great stuff you've got going on? Well, orbitmedia.com is where I do most of my publishing. Uh, You can find me there. It's uh, orbitmedia.com slash blog is where we put a lot of our advice. Also, the book is on Amazon or anywhere you look for, for books. It's called Content Chemistry. I have to recommend the print version, um, even though I'm kind of an environmentalist, uh, because it's an illustrated handbook. There's lots of pretty pictures, and it's fine as an ebook. but um, uh, I think the best reviews we get are from actually the print book. 
Awesome. Andy Crestedina, thank you so much for joining us and sharing all your insight and knowledge with us. It was an honor and a pleasure. Thank you, Michael. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's show. If there was anything we mentioned and you didn't catch it, like the video we talked about that we referenced earlier, don't worry. We take all the notes for you at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 243. Also, never miss a future episode of this podcast by hitting that subscribe button on your podcast player. And if you're a regular listener to the show, would you do me a favor? Would you please consider giving us a rating and a review? The easiest way to do that is to go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes, and uh, you can subscribe through that link as well. And then just simply click on rating and reviews, and you can give us a review. Well, this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day, and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.